Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minute. I'm your host, Mike Jen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFGen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is hump day Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, and more commitments inside the Big Ten. Uh, Like I said yesterday, I think that I might have been a little bit off base with my prediction of how the recruiting was going to happen throughout the Big Ten, I guess not even throughout the Big Ten, across the country as to commitments. And, you know, I think that what's happening right now are guys are getting on campus, the guys who are leaning towards one school. They're getting on campus, and they're realizing that they don't necessarily need to look at other schools. You know, recruiting is obviously a process. It's a long, drawn-out relationship where the players get to meet coaches. They get to take a look at the facilities. They get to meet the other players as well, which I think that's probably you know, throughout the dead period, that was probably the most difficult part of this whole thing. It's meeting your future teammates, getting a chance to connect with them. Now, I know social media, um, you know, FaceTiming, Zooms, et cetera, et cetera, have obviously changed that a little bit. But, you know, to actually, like, you know, meet your future teammates, to interact with them, that, that just wasn't able to happen. And I think that's the the biggest key to me is that, you know, we're seeing some prospects get a chance to get on campus and to meet with face-to-face with some of the players, with some of the other, you know, the staff members, uh, the ones that didn't give you virtual visits, etc. And I think that's where we're getting this little spike in recruiting. I think that's why. Because yesterday, we saw two more Big Ten teams grab commitments. We're going to start off with Penn State because their commitment has nothing to do with the 22 class, the current class that's going on. It went to the 21 class. And you're probably wondering, you're saying, wait, well, hold on. The the 21 class, I thought that everyone moved on from the 21 class. Well, that's not quite exactly the case. That class has yet to fully enroll. A lot of those players are getting on campus. Uh, they will, you know, they a lot of them enroll for the summer session, which uh, happens sometime this month, uh, depending on you know, the school academic schedule. Uh, then you're also looking at some guys that uh, won't report until fall camp, which starts around August. It's different. And the reason why is because Penn State, for them specifically, James Franklin didn't sign a very good 21 class in terms of numbers. He was short, not a large class. And so they had some wiggle room, especially with the free year that they've been given. And so just recently, junior college defensive lineman Jordan Vanderberg took a visit, liked what he saw, liked the opportunity, and yesterday made a pledge to Penn State. And, you know, you, you probably think, ah, oh, Juco, that's a guy that, you know, not going to help a ton, et cetera, et cetera. Because you, you see a lot of Juco guys come in, 
And the, the competition level is significantly different from a JUCO to a D1. It really is. There's some solid JUCO players, but there's also, you know, when you look at it, a, a lot of those JUCO guys, you know, some of them aren't going to make a Power 5 roster. Well, Vandenberg is. And that's because at Iowa Western, he was a first-team all-conference, uh, first-team all-region in, in their shortened season. He's got four years to play, and that's the key here, my estimation, that he's got time. Because a lot of the JUCO guys, you're saying, oh, he's got two years, he's got you know maybe three sometimes, a year sometimes as well. Four years. He's going to be a guy that, even though he might not play right away for Franklin and the Nittany Lions, Vanderberg is going to be able to get developed there. And that's something a little bit different than you see with some Juco guys, obviously, like I just pointed out. But uh, I think that uh, this one for Penn State is significant because, like I said earlier, they had a small class. They, they needed some help. You know, they needed to add on some numbers. And again, this specific pickup for them is different. It's a guy that's been through a college program, that's been through a college season, that understands how it works. And not only that, he's going to have four years of eligibility remaining. Uh, five if he takes a red shirt. That's just, you know, that just like getting a high school player really is, but a guy that has a year of experience over a high school player. That's significant in my estimation. So a solid addition for Penn State late, although late, in their 21 class. Iowa yesterday landed legacy linebacker Jaden Montgomery. Uh, it's 5'11", 205 pounds. Uh, that was the only offer that Montgomery had at the current moment. Uh, I, I understand where I was, uh, you know, coming from. Uh, this is uh, very interesting because Iowa uh, grabbed a guy that um, you know is a little undersized. Uh, you know, Montgomery. You know, he's not your typical linebacker. You know, you're looking at a guy usually that's like six two, two fifteen. You know, right around in, in that area, 5'11", 205, um, if he's done growing, which you know, majority of guys around Montgomery's age are, they're not going to get much taller. They get wider, they get stronger, they get bigger, but they're not going to get taller typically. Uh, I, I'd probably figure if Montgomery's going to see the field for Iowa, uh, he's going to do it as a defensive back is probably a safety. Uh, you know, guys like him uh, who end up playing linebacker in high school, they just don't have quite have the uh, the hips to make that move. They don't. They just don't. And, you know, it's interesting that you, you see what's going on uh, with Iowa and their recruiting. And, uh, you know, for them to take a guy who has no other scholarship offers, they, they do – they do have a very good history of finding the kind of diamond in the rough type of guys. That's Kirk Ferentz. And if it was a different coaching staff, I'd probably say, I don't know if I would take this guy. 
But with Ferentz, they do a good job. They do a really good job of finding those guys that don't have big-time offers, a ton of them, and develop them. And so yeah, I'm, I'm cool with this one. You know, it's not, you know, a program-defining commitment is Montgomery. He's a solid player. You know, I think that if he went to other camps and continued to go through the process, he probably would have picked up more offers. Let's be real here. But he knew where he wanted to go. And that's going back to the point that I made at the top of the show. Is that a lot of these guys that are committing now, very quickly after this dead period has ended, because remember, we're only in the, the ninth day of the month. The beginning of it. So a little over a week since the dead period ended. And there's been a decent amount of commitments inside the Big Ten. A decent amount. And we're going to continue to see some movement inside the recruiting rankings. And speaking of recruiting rankings, let's update them right now. So as we all know, the Buckeyes have been up there in the top two, three, one kind of back and forth with a couple of their teams. Well, with their most recent commitment of Illinois' wide receiver, Caleb Brown, bam, back to number one. Jumping over LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame. And at a surprise, number five, Rutgers. Just a, a, a fantastic job by Greg Shano a few days ago. I did touch on their recruiting class, and look, I like what Rutgers is doing. They're not going to end up with the top five class. They're just not. You know, there's certain teams that are going to make a push, a late push, uh, and I'm actually, I'm looking specifically right at a couple of teams that are kind of in that area. You know, Oklahoma in that area, Texas A&M, in that area. They recruit very well. Alabama. Don't tell me that Alabama's not going to finish in the top three. Right now, Alabama's 12th overall in the country. Rutgers has a, has a better composite recruiting score than Alabama. Think about that for a second. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Absolutely nuts. Greg Shannon's done a fantastic job early on in his 22 class. Early on. Very good job. couple spots behind Rutgers is Penn State. Like I said, the Penn State 21 class, numbers-wise, low. They're close to matching that already. 11 current commitments, number seven overall in the country. So three teams inside the Big Ten in the top ten. Uh, however, there are a couple teams that are back behind them. Michigan, uh, 21st overall. They've got seven commits. A couple spots behind Michigan at 23rd are the Terrapins. They've got nine commits as well. I don't see the Terrapins finishing in the top 25. I think top 40 is more realistic for Maryland, unless they really pull some rabbits out of the hat, which Mike Loxley, he's been known to do. But at the current moment, no. All of their commitments are viewed as like three-star type of guys. Uh, no Rakeem Jarrett you know, type of guy in the pipeline potentially for them. But remember, nobody thought that they were going to land him last year as well. and Or, I'm sorry, two years ago. Uh, 
but they did. They grabbed a five-star, who was a former LSU commit. So, yeah, I'm right. Uh, Mike Loxley can recruit really, really well. The Fighting Illini, uh, with their most recent additions, uh, have jumped to 31st overall in the country. They currently have nine total commitments. The Golden Gophers have five commits. They are 38th in the country. Spartans of Michigan State, fifth. I'm sorry, 40th with five commitments at the current moment. The Hoosiers of Indiana, they've got three commitments. They are 47th overall in the country. Iowa, with the addition of Jaden Montgomery, jumps a few spots up over Northwestern. Uh, 49th overall, they've got three commits. Northwestern, two spots behind them. They also have three commits, 51st overall in the country. The Cornhuskers of Nebraska, They've got three commits. They are 58th overall in the country. Purdue, they've got two commits right now, 66th nationally. And then you've got the Badgers. I don't know what's going on with their recruiting at the current moment because they only have one commit. They're 79th overall in the country. And, you know, when you look at their one commit, it's uh, Miles Burkett. He's an in-state guy, quarterback, solid but not spectacular. And you'd figure quarterback recruiting probably won't be all that great for the Badgers right now with Graham Mertz uh, looking like he's going to be there for at least two more years. Uh, when you look at the quarterback landscape, uh, a guy like Burkett uh, is more of a project type of guy. He's not a you know a top ten kind of guy nationally. He's a guy that is going to come on campus. They're going to develop him. Paul Chris's goal, most likely for Burkett, is, hey, look, we're going to get you ready to start in two years. You're, you're not going to come in right away and, and be that guy. So uh, I think that that is uh, something that when you look at, you're, you're okay with, uh, you know, because, well, I mean, my estimation, that's most likely the case. But, you know, the Badgers, they need to get something going here on the recruiting side of things. They really do. Because at this moment, it's not looking pretty for their class right now. One other note on the basketball side of things before I sign off in the morning, and that is out to Piscataway and Rutgers. They know that they're going to play in the Garden State Hardwood Classic. Uh, we don't know where that's going to be held. Obviously, somewhere on the East Coast. But what we do know now is Rutgers' opponent. They are going to face Seton Hall. They're going to get that rivalry going once again. And I believe it's been only two years since they've uh, last played. Obviously, this past season uh, with the Big Ten uh, not playing out-of-conference games, you didn't see any of the traditional out-of-conference rivalries getting played. And it'll be nice to see not just the Big Ten, but uh, you know the basketball in general uh, get back to some of these preseason tournaments that they have. Uh, on top of that, some of the, uh, you know, the cool things that they do, you know, the Maui Invitational, the Great Alaskan Shootout. There's so many great ones uh, that are out there um, that 
just didn't get a chance to go last year. And uh, with their return, it'll be fun to watch. It really will be. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFGen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, reviews, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Wednesday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.